Chapter Five of The Road to Understanding. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Road to Understanding by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Five. The Wife. Helen Denby had never doubted her ability to be a perfect wife. As a girl, her vision had pictured a beauteous creature moving through a glorified world of love and admiration, ease and affluence. Later, at the time of her marriage to Burke Denby, her vision had altered sufficiently to present a picture of herself as the sweet, good angel of the old Denby mansion, the forgiving young wife who lays up no malice against an unappreciative father-in-law even when still later upon their return from their wedding trip and upon her learning of john denby's decree of banishment the vision was necessarily warped and twisted out of all semblance to its original outlines there yet remained unchanged the basic idea of perfect wifehood helen saw herself now as the martyr wife whose superb courage and self-sacrifice were to be the stepping-stones of a husband's magnificent success she would be guide counsellor and friend somewhere she had seen these words she liked them very much unswervingly she would hold burke to his high purpose untiringly she would lead him ever toward his goal of making good she saw herself the sweet loving wife graciously presiding over the well-kept home always ready daintily gowned to welcome his coming with a kiss and to speed his going with a blessing then when in due course he had won out great would be her reward with what sweet pride and gentle dignity would she accept the laurel wreath of praise helen had seen this expression somewhere too and liked it which a remorseful but grateful world would hasten to lay at the feet of her who alone had made possible the splendid victory the once despised flouted wife the wife who was to drag him down it was a pleasant picture and helen frequently dwelt upon it especially the sweet and gentle dignity wife part she found it particularly soothing during those first early days of housekeeping in the new apartment not that she was beginning in the least to doubt her ability to be that perfect wife it was only that to think of things as they would be was a pleasant distraction from thinking of things as they were but of course it would be all right very soon anyway just as soon as everything got nicely to running Helen did wonder sometimes why the getting of everything nicely to running was so difficult, that a certain amount of training and experience was necessary to bring about the best results, never occurred to her. If Helen had been asked to take a position as a stenographer or a church soloist, she would have replied at once that she did not know how to do the work. Into the position of homemaker, however, she stepped with cheerful confidence her eyes only on the wonderful success she was going to make to helen housekeeping was something like a clock that you wound up in the morning to run all day 
and even when at the end of a week she could not help seeing that not once yet had she got around to being the sweet daintily gowned wife welcoming her husband to a well-kept home before that husband appeared at the door she still did not doubt her own capabilities it was only that things hadn't got to running yet and it was always somebody else's fault anyway frequently her husband's for if he did not come to dinner too early before a thing was done he was sure to be late and thus spoil everything by her trying to keep things hot for him and of course under such circumstances nobody could expect one to be a sweet and daintily gowned wife besides there was the cookbook do you know burke she finally wailed one night between sobs i don't believe it's good for a thing that old cookbook i haven't got a thing out of it yet that's been real good i've half a mind to take it back where i got it and make them change it or else give me back my money i have so there but dearie began her husband doubtfully you said yourself yesterday that you forgot the salt in the omelette and the baking powder in the cake and well what if i did she contented aggrievedly what's a little salt or baking powder twasn't but a pinch or a spoonful anyhow and i remembered all the other things besides if those rules were any good they'd be worded so i couldn't forget part of the things and anyhow i don't think it's very nice of you to b blame me all the time when i'm doing the very best i can i told you i couldn't cook but you said you'd like anything i made because i did it and yes yes darling and so i do interrupted the remorseful husband hurriedly and to prove it he ate the last scrap of the unappetizing concoction on his plate which his wife said was a fish croquette afterwards still further to show his remorse he helped her wash the dishes and set the rooms in order and then together they went for a walk in the moonlight it was a beautiful walk and it quite restored helen to good nature they went up on west hill where helen particularly loved to go and they laid wonderful plans of how one day they too would build a big stone palace of a house up there though burke did say that for his part he liked elm hill quite as well but helen laughed him out of that old-fashioned idea at least he said no more about it they talked much of how proud burke's father was going to be when burke had made good and of how ashamed and sorry he would be that he had so misjudged his son's wife and helen uttered some very sweet and beautiful sentiments concerning her intention of laying up no malice her firm determination to be loving and forgiving then together they walked home in the moonlight and so thrilled and exalted were they that even the cheap little dale street living-room looked wonderfully dear and helen said that after all love was the only thing that mattered that they just loved each other and burke said yes yes indeed the vision of the sweet daintily gowned wife and the perfect home was very clear to helen as she dropped off to sleep that night and she was sure that she could begin to realize it at once but unfortunately she overslept the next morning which was really burke's fault as she said for he forgot to wind the alarm clock and she was not used to getting up at such an unearthly hour anyway and she didn't see why he had to do it 
for that matter he was really the son of the owner even if he was called an apprentice well this didn't help matters any for burke never liked any reference to his position at the works to be sure he did not say much this time except to observe stiffly that he would like his breakfast if she would be so good as to get it as if she were not already hurrying as fast as she could and herself only half dressed at that of course the breakfast was a failure helen said that perhaps some people could get a meal of victuals on to the table with a hungry man eyeing their every move but she could not burke declared then that he really didn't want any breakfast anyway and he started to go but as helen only cried the more at this he had to come back and comfort her thereby in the end being both breakfastless and late to his work helen after he had gone spent a blissfully wretched ten minutes weeping over the sad fate that should doom such a child of light and laughter as herself to the sombre role of martyr wife and wondered if after all it would not be really more impressive and more soul-torturing with remorse for the cruel father-in-law if she should take poison or gas or something not disfiguring and lay herself calmly down to die her beautiful hands crossed meekly upon her bosom attractive as was this picture in some respects it yet had its drawbacks then too there was the laurel wreath of praise due her later she'd almost forgotten that on the whole that would be preferable to the poison helen decided as she began with really cheerful alacrity to attack the messy breakfast dishes it was not alone the cooking that troubled the young wife during that first month of housekeeping everywhere she found pitfalls for her unwary feet from managing the kitchen range to keeping the living room dusted and there was the money helen's idea of money in her happy carefree girlhood had been that it was one of common necessities of life and she accepted it as she did the sunshine something she was entitled to something everybody had she learned the fallacy of this of course when she attempted to earn her own living but in marrying the son of the rich john denby she had expected to step back into the sunshine as it were it was not easy now to adjust herself to the change she did not like the idea of asking for every penny she spent and it seemed as if she was always having to ask burke for money and though he invariably handed it over with a nervously quick why yes certainly i don't mean you to have to ask for it helen yet she thought she detected a growing irritation in his manner each time and on the last occasion he had added a dismayed but i haven't any idea you could have got out so soon as this again and it made her feel very uncomfortable indeed as if she were to blame that it took so much butter and coffee and sugar and stuff just to get three meals a day and as if it were her fault that the horrid cookbook was always calling for something she didn't have like mace or summer savory or thyme and she had to run out and buy a pound of it didn't he suppose it took some money to stock up with things when one hadn't a thing to begin with helen had been unto the point of saying something of this sort to her husband simply as a matter of self-justification 
when there unexpectedly came a most delightful solution of her difficulty. It was the grocer who pointed the way. Why don't you open an account with us, Mrs. Denby? he asked smilingly one day, in reply to her usual excuse that she could not buy something because she did not have the money to pay for it. An account? What's that? That wouldn't make me have any more money, would it? Father was always talking about accounts, good ones and bad ones. He kept a store, you know, but I never knew what they were exactly. I never thought of asking. I never had to pay any attention to money at home. What is an account? How can I get one? Why, you give your orders as usual, but let the payment go until the end of the month, smiled the grocer. We'll charge it. Note it down, you know, and then send the bill to your husband. And I won't have to ask him for any money? Not to pay us? The man's lips twitched a little. Oh, that would be just grand, she sighed longingly. I'd like that. And it's something the way we're buying furniture, isn't it? Installments, you know. The grocer's lips twitched again. Er, yes, yes. Only we send the bill for the entire month. And he pays it. Oh, I see. That's just grand. And he'd like it all right, wouldn't he? Because, of course, he'd have to pay some time, anyhow. And this way, he wouldn't have to have me bothering him so much all the time asking for money. Oh, thank you. You're very kind. I think I'll do it that way, if you don't mind. We shall be glad to have you, Mrs. Denby. So we'll call that settled. Now you can begin right away this morning. And can I get these canned peaches and pears and plums and that grape jelly that I first looked at? Certainly, if you decide you want them, mumbled the grocer, throwing the last six words as a sop to his conscience, which was beginning to stir unpleasantly. Oh, yes, I want him, averred Helen, her eager eyes sweeping the alluringly laden shelves before her. I wanted them all the time, you know, only I didn't have enough money to pay for them. Now it'll be all right because Burke'll pay. I mean, Mr. Denby, she corrected with a conscious blush, suddenly remembering what her husband had said the night before about her calling him Burke to so many strangers. Helen found what she wanted not only the fruits and jelly, but several other cans of soups, meats, and vegetables, and it was such a comfort for once to select what she wanted and not have to count up the money in her purse. She was radiantly happy when she went home from market that morning, instead of being tired and worried as was usually the case, and the glow on her face lasted all the day and into the evening so much so that even Burke must have noticed it, for he told her he didn't know when he had seen her looking so pretty, and he gave her an extra kiss or two when he greeted her. The second month of housekeeping proved to be a great improvement over the first. It was early in that month that Helen learned the joy and comfort of having an account at her grocer's, and she soon discovered that not yet had she probed this delight to its depths, for not only the grocer, but the fishman and the butcher were equally kind and allowed her to open accounts with them. Coincident with this came the discovery that there were such institutions as bakeries and delicatessen shops, which seemed to have been designed especially to meet the needs of just such harassed little martyr housewives 
as she herself was for in them one might buy bread and cakes and pies and even salads and cold meats and fish balls one might indeed with these delectable organizations at hand snap one's fingers at all the cookbooks in the world cookbooks that so miserably failed to cook the baker and the little dutch delicatessen man too when they found out who she was expressed themselves as delighted to open an account and with disagreeable necessity eliminated of paying on the spot for what one ordered and with so great an assortment of ready-to-eat foods to select from helen found her meal getting that second month a much simpler matter then too helen was much happier now that she didn't have to ask her husband for money she accepted what he gave her and thanked him but she said nothing about her new method of finance i'm going to keep it secret till the stores send him the bill said helen to herself then i'll show him what a lot i've saved from what he has given me and he'll be so glad to pay things all at once without being bothered with my everlasting teasing she only smiled therefore enigmatically when he said one day as he passed over the money jove girl i quite forgot you must be getting low but i'm glad you didn't have to ask me for it anyhow ask him for it indeed how pleased he would be when he found out that she was never going to ask him for money again helen was meaning to be very economical these days when she went to market she always saw several things she would have liked that she did not get for of course she wanted to make the bills as small as she could naturally burke would wish her to do that she tried to save too a good deal of the money burke gave her but that was not always possible for there were her own personal expenses true she didn't need many clothes but she was able to pick up a few bargains in bows and collars one always needed fresh neckwear of course and she found some lovely silk stockings too that were very cheap so she bought several pairs to save money and of course there was always car fares and a soda now and then or a little candy there were the movies too she had fallen into the way of going rather frequently to the empire with her neighbor on the same floor it did her good and got her out of herself she had read only recently how every wife should have some recreation it was a duty she owed herself and her husband to keep herself youthful and attractive she got lonesome and nervous sitting at home all day now that she had systematized her housekeeping so beautifully by buying almost everything all cooked she had plenty of leisure of course she would have preferred to go to the olympia theatre they had a stock company there and real plays but their cheapest seats were twenty-five cents while she might go to the empire for ten so very bravely she put aside her expensive longings and chose the better part economy and the movies besides mrs jones the neighbor on the same floor said that for her part she liked the movies the best you got such a powerful lot more for your dough mrs jones always had something bright and original like that to say helen liked her very much indeed she told burke one day that mrs jones was almost as good as a movie show herself burke however did not seem to care for mrs jones for that matter he did not care for the movies either no matter where helen went in the afternoon she was always very careful to be at home before burke 
she hoped she knew what pertained to being a perfect wife better than to be careless about matters like that mrs jones was not always so particular in regard to her husband which only served to give helen a pleasant warm little feeling of superiority at the difference perhaps mrs jones detected the superiority for sometimes she laughed and said all right we'll go if we must but you'll soon get over it this lovey-dovey i'm right here hubby business is all very well for a while but you wait all right i'm waiting but you see helen always laughed back bridling prettily hurrying home from shopping or the theatre therefore helen always stopped and got her potato salad and cold meat or whatever else she needed and the meal was invariably on the table before burke's key sounded in the lock helen was indeed feeling quite as if she were beginning to realize her vision now was she not each night the loving daintily gowned wife welcoming her husband to a well-ordered attractive home there was even quite frequently a bouquet of flowers on the dinner table somewhere she had read that flowers always added much to a meal and since then she had bought them when she felt she could afford them and in the market there were almost always some cheap ones only a little faded of course she never bought the fresh expensive ones after dinner there was the long evening together sometimes they went to walk after the dishes were done burke had learned to dry dishes beautifully more often they stayed at home and played games or read burke was always wanting to read sometimes they just talked laying wonderful plans about the fine new house they were going to build now that helen did not have to ask burke for money there didn't seem to be so many occasions when he was fretful and nervous and they were much happier together all things considered therefore helen felt indeed before this second month of housekeeping was over that she had now got things nicely to running end of chapter five